With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. the internet you're busy let's do this welcome to the game mess decides podcast this is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of games so you never have to think for yourself i'm your host jeff grubb with me is mike minotti In today's episode phil spencer is a slut with his 10-year commitments for call of duty and we're deciding the mount rushmore of movie tie-in games but first mike how are you doing I'm good. I made a lot of chili, and it was, it's good. I like it. I w- want to eat more of my chili, so I'll, I'll do that after this. I uh, ev- Everyone thinks you uh, you tooted before the episode started. No, that, that was, was just Christian. Christian. That was just if, Christian. If, if, if nothing else, I own up to my farts. I mean, come yes. on. You really think I'd be embarrassed about farting no, on this I know show? You. No. Yeah, At this come point, on. absolutely not. Absolutely not. You think I have any shame? <laughs> uh, yeah, but that chili that you, you were working on it yesterday, it came together pretty nicely for, for dinner oh, tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's got a big pot of it. So now I can basically just eat it for like a week. Uh, got it nice and roasty. It's got some, got a lot of depth of flavor, Jeff. Ooh, you want that flavor depth because uh, you can't go too spicy, but you can't go deep. I can't. I can't go too spicy anymore because of the crones, but you know, that's okay. There's still a lot of flavor you can add with. I had, well, I use poblanos for the the chilies, which isn't a very spicy chili. Also, use some unsweetened cocoa powder to give it a little bit of that like mole, right? That's a thing, uh, flavor. Which yeah, is nice. guacamole, mole, totally, absolutely. Uh, and that's not exactly this. Also, put in a little bit of. I, I saw this at the grocery store today. Bottled Arby sauce. Ooh, put a little bit of that in there for a little tang. So very nice. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I, will. I never just seen. Arby sauce sold at a store. They also had horsey sauce, which I actually don't like. But sure, I have yeah, a whole. It's a, that's fine. I actually do not need a bottle of Arby sauce. I have so many spare packets. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like I can't not buy a bottle of Arby sauce. Yes, for real. I um, I I, I think I've seen the Arby sauce once, but I it's been a long time. I'm glad that they still sell it. That's a I relief never to me. Saw it before it's very exciting. Yeah. I think it's new, at least at the Giant Eagle in Ohio. Right. Maybe very maybe good. Kroger had the uh, exclusivity rights to it for a while, uh, and then they yeah. just made a ten year deal and all that stuff. There's a joke about it. Uh, Mike, the Game Awards tomorrow night. That's why we're doing this on Wednesday. Uh, I, I mean, we're going to talk uh, kind of about some other stuff, but any last-minute predictions for what's going to happen at the show? Most people are probably going to listen to this episode after 
after they watch that, so we don't have to get too granular. Um, what do you yeah, have? I mean, Any last minute thoughts? I don't know if I have predictions, but it's like, you know, stuff seems like leaking. Apparently, PlayStation may have, like, right before we went live, accidentally said that Street Fighter 6 is happening on June 2nd. Yeah, June, uh, come out June 2nd. There's a bunch of pre-order bonuses and stuff, so... Yeah, at least that's what the you know the, the the rumor is right now. I guess we haven't confirmed that, but that looks right. Uh, yeah, so you know, there's going to be a lot of that, like Final Fantasy 16 getting a release date, uh, other things like that. A lot of things coming out maybe this summer. It might get kind of crazy then. Yeah, so, it seems like things are really getting to loggerheads in terms of yeah. jamming up the first six months of next year. It's going to get pretty I, wild. I guess my worry is what could really be exciting? Like what can really be like, oh, I bet you didn't think this game was going to get announced. And here it is. Uh, and I can't predict it because I really won't know what that could be until it happens. Uh, yeah. Crash Bandicoot also just tweeted the Crash Bandicoot count that something's going to be happening tomorrow. So right. it's like we're getting like and we're almost getting a picture now. And that's like what I'm worried. It's like, do I already kind of know? What's going to happen? That's my concern. Yeah, I, I, see, I don't expect anything too major beyond the things we already know and the things that are leaking. I think there's a chance just because um, I think from software could show up with like armored core or something like that, just based on uh, them maybe being ready to show a trailer for something new. But they could also just bring the DLC for Elden Ring just as easily. But I, I mean, the other DLC, because they like kind of just tweeted other like the PVP DLC. Uh, yes, exactly. Or, yes. Yeah. But like, you know, big, a big expansion sort of thing. But I, I don't know. I think um, I think it's just as possible that they actually just bring Armored Core there. Um, mm -hmm. Also, uh, you know, I, we haven't heard from Ken Levine in a long while. Maybe he pops up something along those lines. Is he actually working? Is he working on that new Bioshock game? That's not right. He's not. But there is a new Bioshock no, no, game. Yes, Maybe we a, see that. There is a new Bioshock game in the works that could be that Very could be happening from Ken Levine. Hmm. Yes, exactly. That's Man, that seems possible. What Ken Levine? I mean, I care about the new Bioshock oddly much more than I care about Ken Levine's new thing. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, your audio is just all over the place. I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem like it's your fault. So I'll see what I can do. But um, yes, there we go. Yeah, I think he has something turned on because like the music was still coming in really weird for me. Yeah, that was that it. was that was my that's um in Discord and that shouldn't be affecting what you sound like, but. Either way, because you sound fine to me. It's just OBS being weird. But I think uh, OBS is just freaking out tonight, honestly. OBS has just had enough of your shit, Jeff. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of messed up stuff to this OBS, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's time. It's it's done doing all that stuff for me. It um, sees all those holes you're digging. It's getting nervous. <laughs> it should. It should. Everyone should be nervous. I'm uh, nervous. There's very highly detailed photoshops of my corpse in one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, there's many of those, and I'm yeah, happy with every single one of one. Yeah. Everyone was jumping to put my body in one of your holes. Yep. <laughs> There we go. All right, let's get into the show. Before we do, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from Mike and me by joining the Discord at GameMess.net. If you want to ask us a question, you could drop a super chat during the show here on YouTube. Uh, you just hit that super chat button, send it over. We will answer all of those before the end of the show. Thank you to Carlos Sainz, who is insane in the rain music on YouTube for the use of our theme songs. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever pods are caught. Give us a good rating wherever you are listening and hit that like button here on YouTube because it helps people find the show. Thank you to our mods. Uh, you could support us by going to patreon.com slash game mess. That gets you access to the private channels in the discord access to the monthly Q and a uh, one month early access to our jeopardy games. You can watch those live. We just did one last week and you know, you, you missed it, but you could still watch it early by signing up for the Patreon or hitting the join button here on YouTube. Both of those will get you I watched, access. 
I watched that Jeopardy last night, Jeff. That was an exciting one. It was a close match, right? It was a really good one. Um, I, I think you shouldn't be there every month, personally. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and and uh, you also get to participation in our monthly game club discussions, which you, which you guys just recorded a new one of last night, right? Yes, we recorded our Guardians of the Galaxy discussion, which was interesting. There was a contingent of people who didn't like it, Jeff. I that, thought it would just kind of be a gush fest, but... Here's what happened in that game. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there. I was at a Mexican restaurant having the time of my life. Um, The time of your life. (laughs) I hope that's not an exaggeration. I hope yesterday was literally your best day ever, just eating uh, (laughs) chips and salsa. Every time you like go, you walk into a Mexican restaurant and they just bring you chips and salsa, and you don't have to say anything. That is, it's been a while since I've had that happen to me, and it's like, okay, never mind. Other restaurants give you water and bread, literally what you get in prison. Yes, exactly. Chips and salsa. It's and it's a media. It's a fiesta. It's the exact opposite. What is it? My birthday. Yeah, it feels (laughs) like it. by the way, in about three more hours, it's my birthday. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's right. I forgot. Oh, my God. I should come hang out with you or something. Mm. Um, I, the, the, the thing that I have with Guardians of the Galaxy is that uh, the reviews in the first initial reactions were, this, it's, it's whatever, and it's easy to, to, or I find it forgettable, or it's easy to bounce off of. And I think at the end of the year last year, people were coming around and be like, actually, I'm really into these characters and really enjoying the, the you know the storytelling and the action surfaces all, all of that well enough. And it does a lot of clever stuff like with the fridge where you just feel a part of this world and it's memorable. Um, and that was like a backlash. And then I think there were some people who were still like, no, actually, I just don't like this. And that those people yeah. were always out there. And so I'm not surprised yeah. to hear that some of our community felt that way. It, it was a good discussion. Um, it'll be up on YouTube soon. We also have a separate podcast rss feed for, yes we do for the game mess game club now people should it's just called game mess game club so if you search for your podcast feeds for that you'll find it and uh we're, we're playing strider 2014 now jeff the kind of it was funny somebody just tweeted yesterday you know they made a metroidvania strider in 2014 and like it was great and no one talks about it i don't think like, how about that we're playing it we're going to be playing it this month so i'm very excited about that's it. fair i i will try to play that one because i've never played that and i love i love the idea of strider and i love metroidvanias so yeah i, I bet it'll be a good steam deck game jeff uh, real quick though, just want to say it's it's the holidays. It's that time of year where people are are um you know trying to save money to do things for, for their family. So everyone that has joined the Patreon in the last couple of weeks, there's been a little bit of a surge. Thank you so much. It means a ton. Like you don't oh, have there to has do. Been? Ooh. It's just a tiny one, but it's like you know the, every little bit counts. And it means, for Mikey. it means a little. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to Mike. You know, helps helps him pay for his mm. Disney trips. So help me pay for those very expensive <laughs> Disney trips. I got my I got my new Big Thunder Mountain shirt on. Ooh, that looks good. I, yeah, that's like a top five ride for me now, man. I love Big Thunder Mountain. Well, they're uh, what's the water ride they're closing down? The famous one, Splash Mountains, becoming Tiana's River Adventure. I don't know why it's just not still going to be called Splash Mountain, honestly. But yeah. Tiana's yeah. River Adventure, sure. Yeah. Okay, I only ever did Splash Mountain one time. I do not like the very big drop, so. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, that does it for that, though. Let's uh, get to the big topics of the week. Um, Microsoft has entered into a 10-year agreement with Nintendo and Valve, I guess, to release Call of Duty on those platforms. Mm. Uh, Mike, this only matters if the deal goes through. And then I have another bullet point here that says, also, this doesn't matter. <laughs> this, just, uh, yeah. this is not a real thing, all that. Like, obviously, the, the agreements are real uh, enough that... Phil Spitzer could go out and tweet about it and they could make a big deal out of it. But yeah. it's like, oh, oh, OK, well, you don't have to do this. You could just release the games on our platform. Everyone's allowed to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, we don't need your word. Like, have I you seen so. the eShop? Like, like have they, we'll let yeah. anyone do shit on our shit. Like, that's we are open, wide open. We are gaping. 
<laughs> Jesus. Was it was it Wall Street Journal? Some mainstream news thing was like, can you imagine Call of Duty on a yeah. New York system? Times? An embarrassing <laughs> yeah. thing for the New York Times. So it's like, guys, they, it's better they, than they work hard to maintain a family friendly image. And then you cut to Doom and the guy just ripping the skulls but, out of things. And Bayonetta is a first party game. She yeah. says, fuck. Yeah. And she kills angels. And she has a, yeah. she has a, she's got a great ass. She's got an ass. And she's like, Ooh, I hope you're not thinking about having sex with me. That would be naughty. <laughs> Ted was like, this is good. Yeah. Yes. We actually are going to put more of this in our other games. Oh, fire up was a hit now. Yeah. It's a, a lot of people really liked uh, the tweet I did about like the hentai on the eShop. And I'm glad no one was like, actually there isn't any hentai on the eShop. Everyone got yeah, the joke. I appreciated that. Everyone understands. Yeah. There, well, yeah there's uh, a contract. Yeah. Sure. says there's a contract. Yeah, of course there is. Who gives a shit? Like it doesn't matter. Like, there's not a contract for minecraft and those games are still coming out it's yeah this is it's, it's all, all about posturing. sony it's so nakedly it's about, about yeah. sony the one the other executive or somebody i forget who literally was like we are so crappy to make this new nintendo whenever sony is ready we'll come to the table it's like oh i mean guys yes we we get it we all know what you're doing here it's almost a it's not even a little it's kind of getting ham fisted here jeff yeah i mean it, I'll say that I um, think it's they're still doing a, okay. They need to get ham fisted for who they're dealing with. These regulators. I guess it, work, it works for the regulators. It obviously is very eye rolly to us, but we're not. It's not for us, I guess. I right? Yeah, I think if, if we're paying enough attention to know that uh, this deal always seemed like it should go through based on uh, the tr- you know the precedent from before this. And Microsoft being a better place for most of these employees than Activision Blizzard and Microsoft being able to to enable a lot of the games that we want to get made uh, to come out and compete in the marketplace. Whereas um, Activision Blizzard was slowly just doing more and more Call of Duty and fewer and fewer uh, games in terms of variety. So it's like there's a lot of reasons to think, oh, this deal just makes sense to us. Regulators were just like sixty nine billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Have you heard Sony? They They have a big issue with this. Sony's your main competitor. Are you trying to be unfair to them? And it's like, well. Nintendo's fine with us having this t- like that's all it is. If that's what the Sony yeah. saying we're being unfair, we have a, an agreement with Nintendo. Nintendo's basically just like Sony. They're fine with it. We have we literally we have a contract. Look at this thing. We'll do the sa- we'll do the same contract with Sony if they're willing to do it. Like they have to almost spell it out like that for. Yeah, and, I guess so. And in those terms, this st- strategy is fine. It makes a lot of sense. It's it's, it's probably going to work. I think. Um, cause it does make Sony look like it is out on an Island all by itself. Um, but I just, yeah, it, it is like, first of all, you, you don't own these games yet. You're making commitments for games. You actually don't own yet. That's weird. <laughs> right? and, That's weird. And, There's gotta be a lot of language in that contract, man. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, the other thing is, uh, Nintendo is just going to be picking up that phone and be like, I don't, I, we honestly don't know why you're calling us. Why are you, why are you calling us right now? Right. And they announced it on, on Japanese time. Uh, he did that at about, um, what was it, like, 8, 9? Was right, wasn't it, like, right after our show? Yeah, yesterday, so, less so, than $10? so, yeah, it would have been, like, probably, like, 11-ish or something uh, Eastern, which is about noon, 11 a.m. Uh, in Japan, around there. So, it's like, yeah, they, they probably had a morning meeting, got everything finalized, got the, the thumbs up from Nintendo, and went out there and tweeted it, because they really are basically going right into some major potential regulation from the FTC in the UK and, and the EU. Like there's meetings happening very soon about concessions. And now Nintendo can go, or I'm sorry, now Microsoft can go and say, we have something in writing with another company. We will replicate this with any other company that's willing to come to the table. And we are also willing to make this contract sort of binding in your concession agreements 
which is something that that Brad Smith said as well. He's like, well, hey, we will make this part of the regulation if we have to. So they're yeah, they're doing what they need to do. It probably will work in the end. It's a weird one. It is. Speaking of a weird one, they got him again, Mike. They got him again. (laughs) Yuji Naka Uh. arrested for a second time. Uh, Originally, a few weeks back, he was arrested because of insider trading allegations uh, regarding $20,000 or the equivalent of $20,000 that he put into a company called Aiming that was going to be working on a game called Dragon Quest Tact. And he made that investment before anyone else in the public knew based on what seems to be allegedly information that he had from working at Square Enix at the time. He's been arrested again for doing basically the same thing with another studio, the studio that made the Final Fantasy Battle Royale. What, what a game Remember to go to jail kids? for. Yes, that, the game that got announced, got came out, and has now since been shut down or is in the process of getting shut down. And for this one, though, it's not $20,000. It's about $850,000. It oh is God. a lot more money. So Is Yushi Naka actually going to go to jail? I think he... Well, here, listen, it's Japan... His career's already basically over. The punishment is just getting arrested. So he's screwed on that side of things. But if he might also go to jail. I also think this answers the question that we always have, Mike. Are game developers like Yuji Naka rich? Like, are they millionaires? Right. Yeah, we wonder. Well, I mean, if he had $850,000 to invest in them. I, I suppose he, yeah, it's possible he could have been borrowing against some potential future assets. Or maybe he's really overextending himself. But, I mean... I don't know how to get eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm very far away from that. I I, I think you kind of have to do be have to be in a certain a tier or strata of society to be able to get your hands on on that much money for an investment. So yeah, you got to be a Tommy Tallarico with a Spider Man. Got to be a TT. Yeah, absolutely a Tallarico boy. Um, I I think that uh, yes, he's probably going to. I he might go to jail. These are all allegations. We'll have to wait and see uh, how, how the right. court. Uh, how the is it possible he just didn't know what an insider trading was? And it's like, <laughs> well, this is lucky me. I know that this studio is about to get this big project. I guess I can just go and invest in them. Like, oh, I'm so smart. I figured this out. I, I think it trick. is possible because it's like some people just consider those good stock tips. Like, that's right. just a good stock tip. Thank you. Um, There's a he, lot of stupid people in the world. He probably knew that. Well, I mean, he did make Bell in Wonderworld, so he did make Bell. What does he know? What does he? What, does what can he, he possibly really know? know? Just sort of Mister McGowan his way through life, and now he got arrested twice. I um, I don't know what, what happened. <laughs> Jan asked, "You guys are talking about Mister McGoo on Bombcast or something?" Jan was like, "Is Mister McGoo blind?" And I was like, "Oh, Jan, <laughs> 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 that's the one thing we're supposed to know about Mister McGoo." <laughs> Yes, that was fun. That was like I was surprised the results of the poll. You know, we should ask this chat too. All right, if you uh, and you can let me know later on Twitter if you're listening to this on the on the audio version. Uh, but I'll I'll create a poll here. Do you know who Mr. Magoo is? Are, are this, you aware? Of if Mr. you're not aware, the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol is actually one of the best adaptations of. Hell Christmas yeah, Carol. I'll watch that. It's very good. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I, you know what, Jeff? I think we knew, especially because of that weird Wienerville show on Nickelodeon, where they sure. just got a bunch of old cartoons, like the old Al and the Chipmunks, and that kid with yes. the, he made the sounds, but they also played a lot of Mr. Magoo cartoons. Yes, I, you know I watched a lot of Mr. Magoo cartoons Funny. like that. Yeah, they're good. Uh, yeah. 
And then there's the Leslie Nielsen live action movie that they made that was fun. Yeah, they and did I do like, that. I like Mr. Magoo. I like laughing at his disability. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's like a, from a different time. He can't oh, yeah. see. And he keeps uh, putting himself in life-threatening situations. That's hilarious. Just, uh, what a dumb bitch. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, think times have changed enough. a little bit. Has a change. Uh, yeah, I, those are the big two, the two big stories I want to talk about. Feels like there's a million other things to happen. Uh, oh, there's a story we better be talking about here. I didn't write I it down. What is it? Under a, are you kidding me, Jeff? We I, finally figured it out. We finally found out the fucking problem why Days Gone was robbed of all the accolades, <laughs> of all the sales, of all the game awards. It was because of fucking wokeness. We should have known, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, Days Gone director blames middling reviews on woke reviewers and tech issues. Uh, this uh, real quick, I'll just kind of read this from Jordan Midler. I, I had this one earlier today, and honestly, it was just so inane and so asinine. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things I've ever. Uh, read. Yes, I like. I did an ugly laugh when I saw this. And I, I actually had to just find a tweet, ugly laughing, and that's what I put out there because it's just unbelievable. Uh, this already feels like it happened a million years ago. It was just earlier. It was this morning. Uh, all right. The three reasons, Garvin replied when asked why he thought uh, Days Gone didn't catch on. One, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming, and frame rate. Okay, cool. He's just, and I like how he just states that it had those things. Like, what, what could I do about that? There's, yeah, right. We're all looking for who did this. Like, I don't know. But it had those things. And then it, like, he immediately switches to accusation mode. Number two, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. That's honestly, if he just said that, all time great tweet right there. Cause it's just, right. You could, oh man, that little make believe thing of, reviewers who don't actually play the game i, I fucking know it. we got them are there any other like fields where they do that where like the people like because this happens all the time in gaming are like the, the our restaurateurs are like they didn't even really eat the meal <laughs> yeah, I, I bet probably it probably does happen <laughs> they didn't even food. actually watch the movie yeah like he was on his phone the whole time what is the, what do you mean they didn't play the game yeah i, I, I mean what whatever and then number three he says, and three, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his wow. date's ass. That's just incredible. <sighs> it's a, honestly, Man. the sentence keeps getting better every word you it read. It's getting better. It's so funny. If Nathan Drake talks about a person's ass every time he climbs like a mountain. With yeah. A girl. <laughs> like, yes. It's his, whole, like, it's his whole personality, basically. Whole yeah. Uh, uh, then obviously, like in um, Red Dead Redemption 2, which people pointed out, has like glowing reviews. There is a ton of really problematic stuff in there. And you play as a gruff white cowboy. And uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. This is just so obviously not the problem. The problem is you made something that looks like a generic, well, you know, uh, Walking Dead slash generic Last of Us on a system that already has the Last of Us. So it's like right. it was always going to be this tough comparison and you put yourself in that situation. What is anyone else supposed to do about that other than sort of, you know, do the snooze emoji at it? Yeah, I mean, look, there's better these these loud people. Oh, I like they've gone. Like, OK, it's fine, guys. But look, not but, all yeah. these games can be great. Like, people get mad. Everything's an eight or a nine. And for once, we were like, this is a seven. Everyone's like, we're furious, and we're never going to stop talking about this now. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest issue here is that uh, Sony puts out games that can't be sevens. It just couldn't. This this game can't be a seven for as much money as it costs, and for the uh, company that it's trying to stand next to in terms of other games that comes out come out as from first party PlayStation, you just can't put out sevens. They look really bad. Other systems probably could get away with some sevens. I had some fun fun times with uh, sevens on the Switch this year. Uh, 
it's just gonna this looks out of place there and uh, these games cost a lot of money to buy like just actually to buy not just to make uh 60 and you know days gone obviously went down in price in terms of the secondhand market pretty quick but it, you know people are gonna say i'm going to wait and you can't do that with these games you have everyone has to be there day one boosting up those sales so that they can re recoup their investment. And Days Gone was just not a game that made people feel like they needed to be there day one. It was one of those ones like, I don't know if it comes to Steam and maybe if it's on a Steam sale, yeah, I'll check it out then. And a lot of people did, but not enough to make it make sense for a Days Gone 2. It's also like, you know what? Enough people played that game. Enough people say they like that game. What are you so insecure about? Did mm -hmm. you really, are you that sad you didn't get to make a Days Gone 2? I don't know. Uh, I guess he got he's out of the studio, so I guess that's what he's bitter about. He even mentioned that at some point. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird, Jeff. I'm tired of hearing about Days Gone. I was tired of hearing about Days Gone after they revealed it. I was like, oh, wow, they're just making another zombie game. Yes, exactly. So, uh, but, but can I just read you the one more bit from him? Yes, uh, one response from someone, like I think a fan of the game, says, come on, John, woke, you're better than that. To which Garvin replied, nope, I'm really not. If a reviewer objects yeah. to a character because of identity politics, I call that woke. What reviewer? Oh, what, how am I woke? What review? Right. Uh, listen, it, it, it is textbook making up a guy in your head to be mad, mad at. And even yeah, if even if this trauma. did happen, even if there were, were like 10 reviews out there that talked about this, matter. I promise you that was not the reason people didn't buy the game. People do not go and look, oh, a woke reviewer was mad about identity politics. I better not buy this game. Are you high? That isn't happening. I mean, I think this person doesn't understand how anything works. Uh, but yeah. yeah, whatever. It was obviously a very stupid tweet. It's just, it's really all like we had to do was point and laugh. We don't have to explain why it's stupid. It's so obvious why it is. All right, let's get on to uh, the, the rest of this woke podcast here. Mm. Uh, actually, Mike, hey, do we Jeff, have any I hope Jeff, I, I promise to ride you as hard as you ride your motorcycle. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. That's that's how we get biker married. And I thought, look, look look at all these woke <laughs> comments now in the, in the in the chat. Everyone's so upset they can't handle it. They're going to go play another podcast. I can't handle it. And the fact that they can't makes me feel better about myself because I don't have much else going on. Oh yeah, of course. Hey, listen, same here. Um, Mike, could you read me some of these super chats and then we'll take a break and we'll get to the rest of the podcast. That would nothing would make me happier. Uh, these ones are from yesterday. This one is from today. Uriel Delgado says, do you have a wish list of hopes to be announced tomorrow? For me, it's Metroid, Dino Crisis, and Avowed gameplay. Would be cool to see Metal Gear Solid remake there also. I mean, yeah, it's like all this stuff, like there's stuff I know it's going to be there or expect to learn more of. But in terms of announcements, I just don't know. I just don't know what to even expect anymore. We're at this weird point where it seems like anything can happen. <laughs> really, Jeff, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Avowed gameplay, gosh, I haven't thought about Avowed in a while. I don't know if I'm ready to think about Avowed uh, Dino Crisis. I, one thing is that, you know, maybe that Final Fantasy Tactics thing's going to happen. Uh, if we're talking about the like things that have been quote-unquote leaked before, maybe I see that Final Fantasy IX remake, whatever that is, and it will be cool to see what that looks like. Yeah, I um, I don't know. My hopes are all just on Metroid Prime HD for obvious personal oh, reasons. Sure. Yeah. You um, know, there's a, there's a thread on a jump on discord like does jeff really have to cut his hair yeah i'm just I, saying jeff there's an out there's an out out there i'm not no i'm not taking it i'm not taking the out i gotta because there were and there were enough people in there they were like nope make a promise gotta, gotta keep it. it and i'm like i agree with that generally i agree with yeah. that so um especially since it's not uh, like i'm doing permanent damage to myself or anything i guess we'll see if the hair actually goes It'd back be funny but, if it never comes back yeah same. yeah but you know if that's if that happens it happens i'm i'm okay with living with that 
Um, any other super chats? Yeah, a couple more here. El Grug says, Mike, question. Where are you going to play Crisis Core? Man, I want to play it on Switch, but it's like, I mean, that's 30. Is it like out out now? No, I think it comes out next week. Uh, I'm probably going to play it on X. I'll probably get it on Xbox so that. Excuse me, if I need to, I can play it on my Series S to stream it. And then if I want to be comfy, I can play it on my Series X on my couch. So probably Xbox is where I'm going to play that. And then uh, as a question for you, what are the holes for, Jeff? No. All right. He says no. Hum drum dog. Oh, two, one, one. Wait, how much was the super chat? Five dollars. No, that's not enough. (laughs) Drum dog. Oh, two, one, one says unrelated. We're how after Ross three forty three is good now. I don't know if there's enough time has passed to like be to like say that there is a culture change and that three, four, three is better. I mean, people seem to like Forge, Jeff. I don't know if Forge has completely saved the Halo Infinite ship, right? Yeah, I, I think it's a, kind of a both things could be true. Forge is yeah. what Halo needed, and it's too late. Like, it's also kind of too late to really fully save. They're going to need more at this point on top of that. I think if you're still playing Halo uh, and you go play what it is now and the kind of improvements that they're making to make to ensure you can get to the good content that's coming out of Forge, all that stuff is happening and people seem to really, really happy with it. Am I ready to go on our Discord and try to convince a bunch of people to come play Halo Infinite with me? Nah. Most people have moved on, and I kind of don't want to be the one trying to drag them back in. I mean, I moved on. It's like, look, I'm playing. I'm playing Overwatch two now. If I want to play a shooter, I'm, you know. I'm yeah, not- exactly. And I have no interest in trying to convince you otherwise, uh, or anyone else. Uh, but I, I, you know what? The co-op is amazing. Says friend named Lee. I do want to play that. That'd be fun. Single player co-op kind of proposition. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. And I think we yeah. might make that happen soon. Uh, that's it for the super chats for now, guys. If you want to send in a super chat, we will read them just like we read those uh, at some point during the show also if you are watching live a lot of you are this is our largest audience in a while jeff thank you everybody yeah Uh, wednesday night before game awards i guess yeah hit that thumbs up button if you are watching we appreciate it It helps even more people find the show uh jeff what are we doing now we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back after this lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike, let's go make some decisions. Uh, We decided with the community that this week we would be looking at the Mount Rushmore of movie tie-in games. So previously we did the Mount Rushmore of video game movies. We're going in the the other direction now. Movie tie-in games, games that represent their films really well, enough so that they're emblematic of this entire concept and can get up on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'm going to bring us over to the list right here so we can work on it. Uh, Okay, yes, I... 
does anything immediately jump out to you or should we maybe work our way up from the other direction? Cause here's what's happened the last couple of times. And I don't, it's not really been a problem. Fun yeah. discussion still happened, but we've like solidified the list pretty early on with maybe one or two minor changes along the way. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll say one that we have fought about before, Jeff. How about that? Okay. I love uh, it. And, we'll, and we can get back into it. Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. No, it's not a, it's not yeah, fun. That is such, Jeff, it's, it is a good game. It was one of the best-selling Genesis games. Okay, that's no. I mean, listen. I I, I can make. I can probably. My my issue with it is that I do not enjoy playing it. But hey, I didn't. I don't like Wii Sports. Well, I wasn't here for that decision. Look, I don't like Goldeneye. We know Goldeneye is going to be on this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think uh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set that a little bit to the side because this is not a qualitative list. This is not uh you know the things that are are the best because if yeah, it but was it's the an best. Icon- yeah, it's iconic. An iconic game. It's I think iconic, okay. Man. Is it the iconic Disney game from that era? Is it the one? Yes. Yes. The, no. By far and away, it's the one. I don't think any other 16-bit. Well, except for Aladdin for Super Nintendo. I'm just joking. I actually don't care about that. I don't care about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, the only other one I would think of would be like Castle of Illusion, which isn't a movie tie-in necessarily. Yeah, right. The chat's agreeing with me. I think that it is probably it is definitely the of the Disney movie tie-in games, maybe of any, to be honest, I think it's the most, it's the one you think of first. Is uh, of Aladdin. movie tie-in games? No, because that's obviously GoldenEye 007. No, 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 just... I said Disney, of Disney. Oh, Disney, tie-in. Disney. Okay, yes, Disney, yes. Disney. That I think that's probably fair. Uh, it's not the one I think of first, but I think, uh, I think I'm think i just an outlier there because I wasn't playing on Genesis a lot then. And when I did play it, I was like, this is just kind of... But yeah, I think most people probably do think of Aladdin first. Um, okay, I, I'm putting it up there. Uh I, you know, let's just put GoldenEye 007 up there because I just don't see any way that this isn't right next to Aladdin. Um, it's sort of, to me, it is the first time in my life, especially in that era of like PlayStation and N64, where there were so many bad movie tie-in games or when we, or even there weren't as quite as many, but they were really cheap and bad and they didn't know how to do 3D. And then this first party Nintendo game came out in Nintendo 64 from Rare and was really fun and really well done. It turned into a, a phenomenon, and it was uh, something I couldn't stop playing. Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be on there. This is going to be interesting because there's a lot I think are going to really be fighting here. So uh, go- let's say GoldenEye is the Abraham Lincoln. Sure. And it might just it might be like the most important one. Yeah. Which one's like the most important, also first one? What's the George Washington of movie tying games? And I think it I think it's Tron, right? Tron is. <laughs> I think very yeah because like the first the only other one I could think of from that era or before is ET and that's not going up there. Um, no, that's well, yeah. Also, you know, it has to be good. I mean, there, there was yeah. that, that Star Wars arcade game that was popular. Yeah. that was cool. The vector graphics Probably one earlier than Tron, and mm. that's important too. Maybe worth considering. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Tron, Tron up there. I I don't know if Tron's gonna make the final list though, Mike. I, I, don't, I I'm not sure either, but I think it deserves serious consideration. Yes. Uh, how do we feel about like on the other side of things? A little going a little bit later than the early ones. Um, when we got into GameCube, Xbox, PlayStation Two. Yeah, uh, there's t- some big heavy hitters over there. Yeah, let me uh, see if I can this movie tie-in game so I can have a yeah this movie I license. Your, game. I think your gamer browser's showing, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll bounce back and forth. Everyone will get a chance to see it. Oh, uh, I see what's going. You're searching, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. I, this is one where I'm like, this it's maybe on the bubble, but I think it probably should make it. And it's only on the bubble because it's been outdone in a, without being a movie license game. Uh, Spider-Man 2. 
Yeah, I was that was the one I was thinking is Spider-Man 2, which was certainly from that era. A big it, it, so that one's interesting because it's a big deal because the movie was great and then the game was great. Uh, and it was the standard bear for Spider-Man games for a very long time. Jeff, really for super open open world superhero games. Uh, and then kind of this other one I'm thinking of, which is a little bit later. But it's interesting because it's the movie tie in game where the game was much better than the movie. Yes. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, it, that and that was like a, just a straight up tie into the to the movie, right? It wasn't some standalone thing in the way that uh, let's because would we count well, Star Wars Rogue Squadron as a movie tie in game? Because no, but like, yeah, that wasn't released really to so like Escape from Butcher Bay is like a separate story than that game, but it came out as it was part of the promotional like, okay. budget or what have you. Right. Yes. I'll, I'll, I, I think so. I think we can count that. Uh, let me, I'm trying to bring the uh, chat in here. Or, I'm sorry. The uh, discord community of our backers, because they gave us some good insights and I want to be able to read some of their input here. Let me just get that focused. Yeah, I see over some there. Interesting things in chat uh, to here now. Uh, and it, what, you know, miles brought up the SpongeBob SquarePants movie game, which I know people like, but people generally like Battle from Bikini Bottom more, so right. Uh, I'm gonna, they're similar, is my understanding. Um, let's, I'm gonna do Super Harmon since he talks about Goldeneye, we'll, and I think this kind of nails some of it. I'm not the biggest Goldeneye fan, but it kind of feels like it's the George Washington spot, given its impact. For uh, for, for non adaptations, I think Butcher Bay was uh, not only great, but gave us a solid ev- evolution of the first person shooter that we continue to see the lineage of. As for out-of-the-box idea, uh, Terminator 2, the arcade game, no idea if it holds up at all, and it's just a light gun game, but I remember it being cool as shit at the time. Yeah, I think it's... Um, it's cool. It's I like cool. It. Yes. It was, you know what? It was very present. <laughs> like, that game was everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, uh, but I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's quite good enough, Jeff. Yeah, and I would if I was like doing um, a movie licensed arcade game. I, I, and this is not going to make it, but like the Star Wars trilogy arcade game from Sega with the, yeah, the joystick. The it was, it's good, but it's not not going to play on this list. Uh, the one of uh, one of versus CPU says the Mummy Demastered. I doubt many people played it, but it's really good. Metroidvania by Way Forward. It came out in October 2017, so it's on all current platforms. It's very reminiscent of Symphony of the Night. Um, Area of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow in structure, but it has a modern day theme and you play as a masked SWAT guy. Uh, the weapons are all guns and grenades, so they remind me of Contra. Um, yeah, that's I, I, I know people I love things about this game. I, I almost bought it recently and then I got distracted. It's high on my to do. I'm going to get it. Is it on? If it's on Steam, I'll get it and play on the Steam, Steam deck. Steam and Switch, I think. Yeah, I'll just do that. Um, I mean, it's so funny, right? They got way forward to make a like re- retro Metroidvania based off that Tom Cruise mummy reboot that nobody watched. Yeah. What did I, how did that Aria of sorrow? Is that how you're supposed to say it? What did I say? Area of sorrow? Area. Right. Areola. Areola of sorrow. Of sorrow. Yeah. That's what my, that's what my pool stream was. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, Grintilda's Bunzugas uh, says Spider-Man Two, the PS one Hagrid model. Fuck JK Rowling. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's a pretty interesting one. And GoldenEye 007, even if that game sucks ass. I like how everyone hates GoldenEye 007, but they're just like, yeah. well, we got to put it up yeah. there. You know what? It's, I think I said this opinion before. That Scott Pilgrim game, it's not that good. It I, looks really good. Yeah. It's not very fun to play. And I, I, I think I know a couple of things about beat-em-ups, Jeff, so I feel pretty comfortable. It is one of the most egregious you knock, you hit a person three times and then they're down on the ground forever. Mm-hmm. You can like maybe stomp them twice and do like 
the smallest amount of damage ever, it is very annoying. I'm seeing if there's any others worth bringing also, up right uh, now. That's the Sorcerer's Stone game, PlayStation 1, isn't even the best Harry Potter game. That would be uh, the amazing Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets, yes. GameCube, it's uh, very fun on there. I've seen people bring this one up, and it's funny. I think it's a little too... I don't think it could really work, but the Ratchet and Clank... 2016, yeah. the movie, like, that's funny. Uh, that's uh, Minnesota Goldie. Ratchet Clank, though. If it was, if it somehow actually was also the best Ratchet and Clank game, then maybe. But uh, what's Screaming uh, Matt in there said? Because I think I saw him agreeing with me on uh, Aladdin. Yes, I, like I just want to point out it was Minnesota oh, Goldie right. that brought up that Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Screaming Matt and Goldeneye is easily the George Washington here. It was the first huge. Oh, this is the one we. we oh no, okay, here I see here now. Uh, it was the first huge console first person shooter that became a local multiplayer phenomenon in the late '90s. Disney's Aladdin, yes, Jeff, the Genesis one is the Thomas Jefferson, as it's the third best selling Genesis game behind Sonic One and Two, and a charming platforming adaptation of the film. The Abe Lincoln is Spider-Man 2, as that game practically laid the blueprint for how to sling a web in New York City that future Spidey games adopted. For Teddy Roosevelt, let's say Star Wars 1 Episode 1 Racer, as it was easily the best thing to come out of Episode 1 and was a stellar racing game. Okay, I, Jeff, I love Episode 1 Racer, but when I think of, like, the Episode 1 tie-in game, and there was a lot of Episode 1 tie-in Yeah, there was a ton. Yeah was the episode one Phantom Menace tying game for PlayStation and PC, which is very okay. So it's, 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 it's a bad game. That's actually kind of fun somehow still. Right. Yeah. It's a bad game that I like kind of want to play. Again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got a real PlayStation one look to it. And I, uh, I enjoy that. Has anyone else brought up Tron or am I, am I that old? Am I the only person who's thinking Tron? I mean, you, our audience skews young, so I think you might be the only person uh, uh, thinking Tron. Uh, Dugan is thinking Enter the Matrix. Stands out to me as a tie-in that did it right. It was the first time I remember experiencing an expansion of a movie story in a video game. The story is, is the storytelling in the game also felt on par with the movie. I mean, the Wachowskis were very involved in that. I just they tried very hard with that. Uh, sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Please, I think you're going to say exactly what I was going to say, so yeah, go ahead. That, I, I remember when that game was coming out, hype, 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 and then the game came out, and we were all like, eh. Yeah, I, I just... I, yeah, I, I think that the the history of it, or the legacy of that game being so muted, I think hurts its chances here, although right, I, no I, it's an interesting really point. About it. Yeah. No one really talks about it. What about Jamie Christmas, or Jamie H. Christmas Eve's uh, For Me, it's the PlayStation 2 era Lord of the Rings games, uh, gameplay is still fantastic to this day, and both games were filled with tons of behind-the-scenes clips with the cast reminiscent of extras on a DVD. Those were, like, almost the platonic ideal of a movie tie-in game to me in, in some ways. What's impressive about them is that you could have really overthought a Lord of the Rings game. Like, how do you make a Lord of the Rings game, right? They tried before. There was that weird one on Super Nintendo. It's always so complicated. And they're like, you know what? No, fuck it. It's a beat-em-up. It's a super linear yep. beat-em-up. And it's going to be simple, but it's going to be fun. Now, that was very smart of them to do because those games are fun and they hold up well because they are simple. And it is almost just like, yeah, you're going to play a few of the highlights from the movies. That's all you want to do. That's fine. I don't know if that's good enough, though, to be iconic, uh, to be emblematic, to be worthy of award, I suppose. Yeah, I um, I, I think I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I They're very close. I think they are... Um, they are really good for that era of movie license games, and they stood out because so many bad movie license games were still coming at that time. Um, but right, that it was an awful era for that for sure. Yeah, is there anything recently in like like because you know obviously Spider Man isn't a movie license game. Uh, uh, the Avengers not very good isn't Guardians uh, Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't count. Uh, these yeah. are all things that stand on their own. 
And then those are all superhero movies. I'm trying to, or superhero games. I'm trying to think if there's anything beyond that could even, that could even come close. Yeah, I mean, after the 360 era, we kind of stopped. And I know one from the 360 era I've seen some people bring up is that X-Men Origins Wolverine game, which I think is a, another case of, oh, I can't believe this game's actually good because that yes. movie is shit. Now, granted, I mean, that's, that's going to be a big part of movie licensed games, but I still think we could do better than that for the Mount Rushmore. I mean, they basically, because they were like, we're just going to take the Arkham combat and make a fun Wolverine game out of it. And they did a good job. But again, it's like, oh, that I don't know if that's quite enough for me. I um, liked that bad Star Trek game. Yes, you and your brother are the only people that did because you guys played it co-op and had fun. Um, that's cheating. Bench JC does say Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is the best movie tie-in game. It has all nine of the major Star Wars movies in a single game. Hits all the major plot points and also shits on the sequel trilogy slightly. And I think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe should be the end of the Hall of Fame. This is, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame in a little bit. That vote's probably not going to end before this episode's done, so we'll probably have to move that till next week. But uh, fair enough. What do, you, what do you think about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga? I mean, I kind of discount all the Lego things. That's almost like a separate thing. We could we could do we could, you could almost do a Mount Rushmore of the Lego games, I guess. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. Most most a lot of them weren't very timely. Some of them were. I mean, I don't know. The Skywalker Saga. I haven't played it yet. It seems like people did like it. It didn't get reviewed amazingly. The one that really seemed to matter was that first one. And that came out long enough after the prequel trilogy where it's not so much a tie in, Jeff, as it is just adaptation to me, which is I know nebulous, but slightly different in my mind. Yeah, I um, I I could see them being up on the list, but it's it's going to be pretty hard. Uh, and I think it might be going along the same lines of what Mike was saying, where it's like they do feel different from the spirit of this slightly. They um, they are going through a, a very specific formula to attra- to appeal to a specific audience, and it doesn't like the thing about a movie tie-in game. I think when we say movie tie-in, instead of just movie licensed game. Uh, it's like it's trying to build something on the excitement that comes from a movie releasing and the Lego Star Wars games and the Lego games in general are ones that can just stand on their own and come out whenever as evidenced by, you know, the Star Wars, the, the Skywalker saga coming out now. It's like it did, there was no movie coming out at that same time. It just kind of could come out whenever because it's a Lego thing and that has its own audience. So I think I, I think I agree with you uh, right now, uh, just as a, a recap. For the Mount Rushmore of Muay tie-in games, we have, uh, let's see, five up there. Aladdin, GoldenEye 007, Tron, Spider-Man 2, and Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Uh, we, I think we'll, we, there's a few more here in the uh, Discord. Any other ones from you, though, Mike? There's a couple that I'm not quite sure are good enough, but I think are worth uh, mentioning. Uh, there's uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official movie of the movie, the official game based on the movie, whatever that was called, <laughs> which I think probably got some help from being a launch game. And again, yes. being like surprising. That was so good, but it was good. And it, it's some, it's one that people remember. Uh, what did you think about the, uh, two 16 bit Jurassic park games? Uh, that's another one where people kind of have a debate on which one's better. That one I'm a bit more even killed on. I think both the super Nintendo top down one with the, uh, ahead of the it's time, uh, SNES first person levels is cool, but also, the 16-bit Genesis, just action platformer, was a lot of fun, too. I, I haven't played much of either. The one I played the most uh, eventually was the 3DO one that has the uh, Velociraptor chasing you. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, real stupid and fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had like an, I just had like a bunch of like old games turned into Jurassic Parkify. Like, yes, breakout. There was Galaga or Galaga. Don't get mad at me. Oh my God, I'm so mad at you though. It's so it. bad. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's that Sega CD one, which is like a mist clone, too. There's a lot of Jurassic Park games. It yes. Uh, I, I, um, I don't know. I, I don't think any of those are going to play on this list. I just yeah. think that, they, I mean, from that era, it's they're no Aladdin, I'll say at the very least. Um, no, no. Let's see. Uh, from Brian, I'd like to offer two games, both fighting games. Street Fighter the movie, the game, and Shrek Super Slam on the basis that they both have risen above the franchises that spawn <laughs> them and continue to see competitive play to this day due to their wacky gameplay. And if you really want to have a fun time, look up their tier list for both. All right, uh, do you know, I, I played Shrek Super Slam recently and like I bought that game. And you like it. Cube. I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun, stupid joke. <laughs> that game's pretty good. That's a fun game. That's, that's uh, fun. I don't know if it's good enough. I also I always. I don't know if I always did. I think back when Street Fighter, the movie, the game came out, I also rolled my eyes at it. But when I play it now, I'm like, this is kind of charming. <laughs> I kind of like this now. This is fun. I um, good enough. The Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. If that, that I don't know if that counts. I don't think that's a tie. And I think that was just based off the comic. Yeah, because there, there was a movie coming out around that time. But it's just, they're not trying to be, was that the Edward Norton one? I don't even remember. It's 2005. That would have been that first one. That would have been the Ang Lee one. I guess, and it's, it, it feels like it's even. A, it's like feels like it's even a little bit after that angry yeah, one. A couple of couple years. Yeah, because that was like 2003. So I think it really did just kind of happen without a movie coming out. Uh, I really, I really like that game, but I, I don't think it's going to go up there. Um, it counts. Uh, Alien Isolation. This is see. This is just like a game based off a franchise, and there's like other ones of those. Like, yeah. Uh, like Indiana Jones: Fate of Atlantis is another one I would consider like that. It's not really a tie-in. Uh, like coming out the game now. Granted, you can maybe say that about GoldenEye because GoldenEye just got took so long that it came out two years after that movie came out. But that is such a specific. That is a adaptation of the movie that just kind of got delayed a bit. So that one seems safe to me. Mm. Uh, not Alien Isolation. I'm gonna see what this website 1:37 p.m. has to say. I wonder if that's a reference to something that Hitler said. That's what it feels like. 1:37 p.m. Feels There's like that it. Scott Pilgrim game that yep. is not as good as people think it is. Uh, Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. Yeah. I, I like that. Yes. I, yeah. yeah, but also that's more again like just a game based on a franchise than a movie tie-in. There was no Ghostbuster game coming out then. Yeah, movie, and it, I mean, and Batman Arkham Asylum does not. It's not meeting our criteria. Uh, yeah, Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay in the top four. Um, I'm like, I'm definitely, I definitely feel that one. These ones, are, this is just general that, yeah. licensed ones though. Friday the 13th, the game. Uh, none of those asymmetric multiplayer ones are actually going to uh, do anything yeah, for me. Did people play that Ghostbusters one? That came out, right? Uh, yeah, uh, the new one? Yeah, it yeah, came out. Came no, out. I don't think not many people played it, no. Uh, I wonder if that's... You think that's done? Are we done with that? Doing that whole... Just turn any franchise? You think that the... Uh, what's that one that happened that you actually like heard about first? The... Uh, Clowns from outer space is that? Yeah, killer clowns from outer space. I bet that's that probably still comes out. Yeah, I think people keep trying it. It seems like a relatively cheap genre to work in, so I think that's why we're getting a lot of them. Uh, Mad Max. It's just I never played this one. I know there some people have a soft spot for this one, but I don't know. Yeah, Mad Max. That game's good, but it's also weird because it's not actually the movie. It's like its own version. I don't know. It's 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 again. Its status as a tie-in is kind of weird but even if it wasn't i don't think it's as good as these other ones uh rhyming bectionary said the only good thing to come out of x-men origins wolverine was the game this is in a super chat plus it's the only wolverine game that lets you really mess bad guys up for that alone it should be considered yeah that one probably deserves a bit more consideration than we're getting it i just don't know if jeff and i are like i really 
played I, that game a lot. I did, and I I liked it. I just don't X Men Origins Wolverine. I just um here here's where I'm at with the list. So we're doing Mount Rushmore. There's going to be four. I think we probably are doing Aladdin, GoldenEye 007, Spider-Man 2, and Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. Tron gets dropped. And I think Tron goes up before X-Men Origins Wolverine. Right. Uh, yeah. God, does, does Tron get dropped? That's rough. This is. A I know it's rough. We, we, we could talk it out. That, that is not me finalizing yeah. the list in any way, shape, or form. Uh, let me just mention a couple others from the, the, the screen rant. Yeah, Toy Story 3 is one that um, I know kids have really liked, but it came out in... Like late in the Xbox 360 generation, uh, like at a point when there were you so know. many games that it was easy for most people to ignore it, unless you were just a kid at that time. I think kids probably hold it uh, in high regard, but it didn't take over the world in the way it probably needed to to make this list. Um, yeah, I remember the Toy Story 2 game was actually really well liked, and people talk about that one a lot again. But still, it's because it's just like, oh, this is actually a good collect-a-thon 3D platformer on the PlayStation and 64 era. Again, I don't think that's quite enough. I did see someone mention Cars 3 driven to win. Um, I reviewed that. I, well, no, I think I reviewed Cars 2. All right, let's 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 go back here. Yeah. So, I don't know about that. Let me uh, fix this. Yeah, we're kind of... Yeah, yeah. a little, little off-kilter there. There we go. Okay. Um, all right, Mike. So, unless we get any other Hail Marys out here. Um, Dominic Malta said Predator Concrete Jungle needs to go on there. I don't think I've ever played that game. Uh, it's another one of those asymmetric multiplayer games. Yeah, where uh, oh, really? yeah, one person plays as the predator, everyone else plays as the you know the team trying to hunt the predator. Yeah, it's uh, I guess the hunt the predator is obviously hunting them, but uh, I, I don't. know. If we were putting an asymmetric multiplayer one of those up there, I it probably would be Friday the Thirteenth. I think maybe yeah, it's hard to say, uh, but none of them are going up there. Mike, do, do you want to talk out Tron versus uh, making the list versus not making the list? Yeah, I guess I man, I like that. To me, that is just one of the. Oh, is that, is that, is, my is, wait, is that a different Predator game? I, all right, fair enough, Beef Hammer. I don't know. I can't keep all the Predator games straight anymore. Yeah, uh, and the only one I liked was Alien vs Predator Two. That game ruled. Uh, I don't know. Tron just happens to be like my favorite arcade game, uh, especially at the class. I mean, like the classic arcade games, right? Like if I'm gonna have a Pac Man or Alien Invaders or Donkey Kong, I want a Tron. And, you know, it was just so cool how Disney made this game about arcade games and then they made the arcade game tie in and it was this really fun arcade game. Now it is an old school as hell arcade game, but it was neat because it was four different games. You had to play them all and they each played well. And it just had this. I, I always hate when I say something as a vibe. That's my excuse for why it's good. But it had to have a vibe. It did. And, and, and at a time when it was difficult for a game to have a vibe, it definitely right. did. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess part of me is like, you know, because movie tie-ins go back so long, part of me is like, we need to have something yeah, in that era. I, I'm maybe gonna, we I, don't. Maybe we can have the conversation between Chronicles of Reddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, and Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah, because those are, I guess those two are kind of overlapping, but man, those are both, but again, Chronicles of Riddick's thing is that it's it's emblematic of the one that, re that's the one where, yeah, that really rose above the original movie. And I know there's a couple other ones, and that's probably why X-Men Origins Wolverine won't make it. Because Riddick does that same thing, but yes, better. but better, yes, and and has had a much longer lineage. Uh, as one of the uh, community members in the Discord, one of the premium supporters mentioned, uh, there are a lot of games that are still aping what Chronicles of Riddick did, and X Men Origins Wolverine was another entry in that character action genre. How about this? Because maybe we can't have two Disney things. Probably Tron and Aladdin. Would could we? I, and again, it's not 
It wasn't Disney when it came out, right? Or no, no, it very much was. Well, wasn't Tron, it? Was, Tron very was very much, much Disney. Yes, Disney yes, it was. Why don't we do a poll, Aladdin and Tron? Because I'm curious. Okay. All right. Well, let me Gen- end this Genesis poll. Aladdin, make sure uh, just to let let the audio listeners knew, uh, know, 78 percent of the respondents in our poll know who Mr. Magoo is. So good. Good to know. If, you, if you're one of the good guys who knew, uh, you're you're in good company. All right. I'm creating a poll right now, Mike. Yeah, but I definitely think Goldeneye Double Seven and actually Escape from Butcher Bay are super safe. Tron. Uh, I think I'm, I'll do this one in the in the in the YouTube chat. In the future, when we have to, when we go to polls, I might actually just do them in the Discord and and have people who are premium members vote only. But uh, we can figure that out for next week. Uh, Austin A says Jaws for NES. I love that game. <laughs> There's a lot of like NES movie tie games that are yeah. like kind of fun. Like somebody said Friday Thirteenth. Uh, Austin Ace said that. It's like, yeah, I know people like that one. You know, there's a bunch of those. Like, oh, this game's not bad. I even like that Rocketeer game for the NES, fine. But I don't know if none of them are quite good enough. And I think Aladdin kind of covers the 8-bit and 16-bit era of movie licensed tie-in games. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, yeah, I think uh, this one's actually going to be pretty much a easy win for one of these. Um, well, while that poll is happening, let me read through some of these other ones. Did I, I don't know if I read uh, The Uncharted Wolf's uh, Spider-Man 2 on the PS2 is one of the most iconic licensed games of all time, let alone movie tie-ins. When Spider-Man 2018 was coming out, I asked my friend what he wanted from it, to which he replied, Spider-Man 2 with more graphics and less balloons. Uh, that alone speaks to this game's legacy. As for feedback, I'd say, oh, yeah, let's say, okay, I'll read the feedback one later, uh, Uncharted Wolf, thank you. Um, uh, I will, he says, do fewer Mount Rushmore topics in a row. And we just did like three in a row, but Hey, this is the way it's yeah, got to go. We disregard this feedback. Well, I think the Mount, I, I think the Mount Rushmore works better than a tier list on a podcast. I do think somebody said we should do like an either or thing. Like for example, we could have just the big <laughs> Aladdin SNES and Aladdin Genesis debate. And then we can have people like kind of vote to take a side at the end there and decide it. That's something we can maybe do next time. Yeah, well, not necessarily Aladdin, but you know. Yeah, and if if, if I had um, infinite time to work on the show, it, it would be a lot more like rapid fire. Uh, me, you, and I disagreeing on a bunch of stuff uh, from from the news and from you know gaming's history. A lot more like PTI, but you know. This game, this show doesn't have a full-time producer to help put that stuff together, so it's kind of hard. We usually agree, because we're usually... It's true. That's a good point. We're, I, we're was, always I, so I right. think you were unnecessarily harsh on yourself there, Jeff. I think everything's great. Well, it's not that it's not great. It's just like, I wish I had more time to put like a lot more of these topics together, but uh, when I, I... So far, we've taken these topics all from the community, and they've been yeah. great. Um, but it's like, you know, the good ones are coming from Mount Rushmore's right now. And if people have other ideas, I would definitely want to see them. If you have an out there idea and I put out the, the feelers a couple of times, if you want to like give us a quiz uh, that me and Mike can sort of just do not like a full on Jeopardy thing, just like a fun little thing where you try to stump us or, um, player one podcast does this fun thing where they blank out a bunch of the identifying markers from like an old review and they go, you know, uh, uh this, this blank had weird controls on the 3DO, and like we try to use context clues to figure out what that game is. If you want to do stuff like that, we'll do that, and I think that'd be a good uh, thing for these kinds of segments in the future. But, you know, I want to get input from the uh, podcast producers who have been very helpful. Um, uh, Going back to to a Spider-Man 2 comment, though, I I still, I think, enjoy Spider-Man 2 more than Spider-Man 2018. just because I, th- I think it's it's pretty much the, the the good parts are pretty much exactly the same, and I think there's uh, less 
luck to get in the way in 2018. Now, Miles Morales obviously is better in, in every way because it just really narrows it down and goes right to the good stuff. But yeah, that's how good Spider-Man yeah. 2 was. I'm not sure if I agree. I, I will say like Spider-Man 2018, it was almost kind of a hard game to go back and replay because it's like, look, I don't actually care about all of this story stuff again. It was fine the first time. I'm like, can you just actually like push a button and just unlock everything in the open world again for me? And I can yeah. go around and start doing that. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Keyworks said Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. I don't know if it holds up today, but holy shit, it was an amazing game on the OG Xbox. Graphics were great, and it had a great vibe. A great uh, vibe. Uh, yeah, where did that even come from, right? We were still trying to figure out how that happened, how that game yep. was good. Uh, and those, uh, a lot of those people that worked on that game now working on Indiana Jones at Machine Games. Um, also, Dark Horse picked, depending on how loose tie-in games are, Lego Dimensions. Hear me out. Beetlejuice, Batman, Lord of the Rings, Wizard of Oz. goes on. There's Goonies and stuff in there. That's a little too loose for me. Uh, Ed likes Toy Story 2, Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue, a game that has been playable on every PlayStation console, if my research is correct. A true classic. Uh, I I wonder which one. My kids like Toy Story 3. I wonder if they could go back to Toy Story 2 and enjoy it. Um, from it's definitely a PlayStation One game still, so I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 tough to it's always tough to say with those because uh, they they can be fun, but if it's if for five and three, you kind of also need to be able to uh, just wander around and do whatever you want. And those older games don't support that very often. Uh, Plain Shane, I feel like this is a category scarcely populated with stars worthy of Mount Rushmore. Out of everything Plain I read, Shane's young. Yeah, that's that doesn't. Yeah, that's going to cause problems. I, out of everything I read from others' posts, Goldeneye is the biggest hit I remember seeing and enjoying. Also, Mission Impossible '64. I played a Spider-Man game on the original Xbox that was good at the time, but I'm not sure which one it was. It was probably yeah, Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man Two. Yeah, certainly. Although the, the first Spider-Man, the Spider-Man One movie game was also like pretty good. It was good. But just didn't have the swinging. Right, two blue down the Like that was just basically making the the the, uh, the other Spider-Man games from PlayStation One with slightly better graphics. Yep. Um, let's see. There was a few others in um, from MDY. We're back. A dinosaur story released on the original Game Boy. A faithful to the original <laughs> film. Uh, that have a game. <laughs> a side-scrolling action game that puts on its best Mario effort, but all themed around dinosaurs. Uh, we should play that on stream sometime. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, Jeff, Aladdin is, is trouncing Tron, 74% to 26%. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, you know, so... We do that, I think... I Okay, I'll, I'll concede Tron then. Uh, that's fine. I think I think that four, I think it's pretty strong. Yeah, let me move uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine down. That seems fair. Let me move this over so people can see that. And then let me move Spider-Man 2 up. So the Mount Rushmore movie tie-in games. Is this the final list, Mike? That looks really good to me, Jeff. Uh, I think everything here is representing like Golden Eyes is Golden Eye, uh, right? That's then, the one yeah. I was certain of coming in, and then when I thought about Spider Man Two, I was also pretty certain of. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I just because I forgot about Aladdin, and you're right. I think now uh, this is how these lists go. There's three sure things, and then there's got to be kind of that wild card. And I think Chronos, Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay is a is probably our best wild card selection so far for a Mount Rushmore, where th- that one definitely deserves to be up there. And there's probably not much of an argument against it from anyone no so. i think this might even be this might be i don't think the last list was too controversial either i don't i can't imagine this one's gonna be too controversial yes yes absolutely all right so that uh, again that final list is the mount rushmore of movie tying games with aladdin goldeneye 007 spider-man 2 and chronicles of riddick escape from butcher bay all right there we go 
Um, With Tron and X-Men Origins Wolverine being the most prominent runner-ups. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then uh, the Battle for Naboo on Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Holy uh, shit. Okay, here's where we would normally do the Game Mess Decides Hall of Fame. But as we were deciding when we were going to do this episode yesterday, I set the poll length for one day. So it's not going to be finished until after we end this episode tonight. Uh, but if you want to go vote, if you're watch, if you're listening live, you can go vote right now. Uh, we did racing games as a genre. Someone suggested instead of just picking any game out of nowhere and just having uh, sort of disparate games compete, we should all focus all four games on a genre. So me and Mike both p- p- picked two racing games. We won't say which ones were which, but it was Daytona USA. Um, let's see. Let me actually bring this up real quick. Let me go back here. Mike, if you remember them. I, I do. Daytona USA, Ridge Racer, Type 4, Mario Kart 8. Yes. And you, uh, I mean, some, one of us picked another one. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying I mean, to yeah. avoid that who, very specific who thing. Who could have picked Ridge Racer Type 4? Right? <laughs> Who's, who, won't, who won't shut up about that fucking yeah, game? It's all, all uh, up here. I got it right here. There we go. Uh, F-Zero GX. F-Zero GX. Yeah. Um, That's it. I, I think that's uh, a pretty good it's a stack thing, as always. The Hall of Fame is going to be that way. Um, the Hall of Fame so far is uh, Super Metroid, Metal Gear Solid, Street Fighter 2, and um, Super Mario Brothers, right? So yes. that's that. It's, uh, we, we have those four games. We're going to keep expanding it weekly for now, or kind of weekly-ish, as we go through the end of the year. Uh, but that brings me, Mike, to the end of the year. What do you want to do for Game of the Year? What do we want to do? Because, I mean, you're going to, you have to, you know, Giant Bomb is a big game of the year thing. Next week, we're doing our game of the year over there, and I'll be talking it out, and, and yeah, we're going to be doing a big thing for it. So, uh, I, I think we should definitely bring our personal lists and talk them out. Maybe we can reveal them one by one. Yeah. Um, fun. And then, do we want to have the community vote on their yeah. game of the year? We did that before. Um, maybe we can, I can make a quick little sort of, um, uh, you know, Maybe be- even for uh, for one week, we can bring back just a uh, community right in. We'll we'll ask people what their game of the year is. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so, so our our game of the year uh, episode, which we'll do at some point near the end of this month. I, uh, I, I it's got to be a little bit later because I need to play River City Girls too. Yes, later, yes, we'll do it. We'll do this like very at the very end of this month or early next month. Um, we'll just do it as a write in episode where you just you tell us what your game of the year is and we'll read it. Um. And then we'll we'll do a little voting thing, and we'll have everybody try to vote on the official Game Esticides Community Game of the Year. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, all right, Mike. What have you been playing? And I've been playing. Wait, I am allowed to talk about this, right? Everybody else put their things up today about the album before, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was an embargo. It was a little weird for me because I think a lot of people had a good amount of time to play the album before, and most of that was when I was on vacation. So I got to play right. for a day. So I didn't write like a full preview or anything, Jeff. I really just got to play for a couple of hours of the album before, but I liked those couple of hours quite a bit. It certainly is ticking all the boxes that I think I needed out of a. Diablo 4 in terms of, you know, Diablo 3 
did figure out a lot of things pretty well on the gameplay front, especially towards the end there. And a lot of that still just feels good here. But really actually making things kind of just making things actually a little bit darker, a little bit scary again, not trying to be edgy or anything like that. Right. And like, you know, how scary can it really be sometimes? Uh, but, you know, making it feel a bit more like Resident Evil 8 and less like uh, Re- Resident Evil 5. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Diablo 3 had that problem where it, it, was, it was like Pixar scary sometimes. Yes. And it's like, I mean, Diablo 3 I had, had everything else going for it after a while, after some updates, after some changes. But in the, in the end, it had everything else going for it, except for, you know, that style was a deliberate choice in a different direction than Diablo 2. So it's like, it, it is nice to see them going, and it's, it sounds like it's working, according to a lot of the previews. People like the way it looks and the way it presents itself as a kind of a, a deep, dank, scary-looking thing. Yeah, and you know, like, you have talent trees, and I, I think that it's funny how talent trees are back in a big way, right? Everybody's kind of like getting away from that. Yeah. Now it's like, no, talent trees are in, because what, Dragonflight's doing the same thing, and everybody's happy. Maybe in 10 years, we'll be going away from talent trees. It's a circle. But yeah, like <laughs> right now, I like having that stuff uh, in there. The character, I was playing a rogue, and it just it felt good. It was all making a lot of sense. There was a, a nice cadence to the fighting. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's feeling like it's kind of scratching that Diablo 2 itch, and that's still my favorite, but still with enough of the kind of Diablo 3 quality of life improvements uh, that that feel nice. Uh, there's a lot of story, which it's, you know, that's that's fine. It's been relative, relatively well done. The kind of thing here is that the camera can really pull in now, so at least it's not just constantly talking portrait heads like in Diablo 3. So presentation-wise... That's a pretty big boost. That's cool, actually. That that, that right. seems like it'd be pretty dynamic for a game like that. Right. And you like have like some actual like, you know, they can do in engine cutscenes now. So it's not like, oh, well, it's it's either we had to spend a zillion dollars making a uh, CG thing. We're only going to play one of those at the start of an act or we can actually do some cool story sequences in the middle here. It's rather than just like Decker Kane gets shot by like a magic bolt and dies forever and it looks cheesy. And- yeah. Yeah, but yeah, just Diablo games are fun. I like Diablo, man. I I I, do, I have a good time just going around, clicking things, getting my loot. It is just at its core a game that speaks to me. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, like I was saying on the uh, game this morning today, uh, for people who listen to that, um, you, you those games have figured out couch co-op to a point where I know that the next one is, is supposed to launch just out of the gate with that stuff ready to go. And yeah, give that to me. Those are great couch co-op games. Um. So I'm I'm ready to go into Diablo 4 and do exactly that and just have a night where, you know, I drink a bunch of Coke Zero and play that game all night. I want to yeah. do it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Look, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about it. It's uh, what was the date on that again? They, 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 they give like the official date or is there just a leak date? I think that's another one where there's some speculation going on. And I'm almost, I don't want to say anything because for all I know, they sent me it and I'm it's under no. or something. But to- I don't know. totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, it, but it is another one of those 2023 games. And, it, yeah. You know what? It, it's one of those games that uh, Activision Blizzard's trying to sort of nudge out a little bit earlier through a lot of tests and getting buzz going. And obviously that this is part of that. Um, so, you know, I bet you'll be able to play it here pretty soon. Um, let's see. I, I've been playing the case of the Golden Idol. I just want to talk about this one real quick. Um, this is a murder mystery game. And obviously the big comparison point is a uh, return of the Obra Dinn. The, these are in, in the case of the golden idol, these are static scenes where all of the players in the scene, all the, the potential murderers and all the victims and all of their stuff, they're frozen in time. 
and you need to look at all of their objects. You need to look at all of them and you need to look at the environment to collect all of the puzzle pieces and all the evidence to be able to then, to then put the puzzle together. And really what it is, it, it, it is a combination of, of the logic of like a Sudoku uh, where you need to find where these things intersect and uh, look at the logically how if this thing is over there and this thing is here, then this third thing must be here. And that means this person could not have been the murderer. So I have eliminated them. Uh, and that's if that sounds like uh, one of those dinner table puzzle things where it's like, oh, it, you know, this person can't eat meat. And they don't want to be next to a person who is eating meat. And this person is eating meat, so they can't sit here. Like, who was sitting where at the table? There is literally a scene that has you solve that exact <laughs> puzzle. Um, but it's, it, it, you know, that stuff gets me. And this game kind of complicates it a little bit a little bit by letting you go and finding all of those clues yourself instead of just giving it to you in a bunch of paragraphs. And it's so super satisfying to um, poke your, poke around in this world and look at something and know that the way that the game is presenting it matters because they need to be accurate because it can't just be thrown together. So if you notice a detail, that detail almost certainly will play into the logic of solving the puzzle. For example, there was um, a, a, a one, I'll just spoil this one a little tiny bit. Uh, there was a window that was broken in the room where a person was murdered. Uh, but when you look out, you saw a guy out there and the guy is one of these night watchmen. He's ringing the bell. He's like, someone broke into that window and like climbed in there. But if you look down, you could see that behind him, there were only footsteps leading up to where that guy walked. There are no other footsteps in the snow. So no one actually did jump down there. Someone just broke that window and opened it up and left it open to make it look like someone came in through that window. And if you look up, there's a trap door above you and that's actually where maybe someone came in that way instead leveling the shit out of this it is you feel very much like colombo you're supposed to notice details like colombo it is fantastic it is so good i'm through like six or seven scenes now they are getting progressively more difficult but it's not it's it also feels like everything's right there i, I know it's all i have all the pieces i should be able to put it together and um I'm not like using the hint system. There is a hint system, but I'm not using it because I feel like eventually if I just keep poking and prodding, I'll get it. And so far that's been the case. And boy, it's just satisfying. It's easily going to be in my top five games of the year. I just, these oh, wow. are, I love these kinds of games. I loved wow. Return of the Oberden. I think about Return of the Oberden all the time. This Another is the game first that game that I never got around to. And I feel yeah. like I'm not going to get around to this one either. The, yeah, that's, that's, it's, I totally understand. Honestly, I mean, you could try the first one and just see if it clicks, but I know it's fine. Um, but this is the first game since Return of the Oberdan that comes anywhere near close capturing it. And it's very close. It's it kind of just cuts right to the good stuff where it's like, here, no, here's the static scene. And here's the next one. Here's the next one. Go solve these puzzles. It's really, really good. Um, you've been playing a, a few other things, though, Mike. What else have you been getting into? Well, there's another game you told me about that you were playing that I, I did jump onto. And that's Ooh. Kiwi 64. You did it. It was, it was $3. And I'll start. You, you know why I like this one, Jeff? And I talked before about how some of these other indie 3D platformers I can't get into as much as I want to, like I had in time, like Demon Turf. This game just starts. It just goes. It just it doesn't goes. Have, it doesn't have a story. It doesn't have... It's funny that everybody, like, we're going to make something inspired by Banjo-Kazooie. And what they think that means is there's going to be a lot of animals talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I, no. I, and I bet, I bet at the time, kids who were... I guess maybe just learning to read and, and kind of, or, or whatever they like, maybe they really do have an affinity for that stuff. That stuff actually sucks. Just let me play the game. That's really a really good platformer. And this game does that. 
Right, this doesn't even have tutorials. It's like, look, yeah, you have like five moves you can do. You'll figure it out. Go There's no level. character progression. You just have those moves yeah. right away. They're all really yeah. good. They all feel like the most powerful versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. It's it's really good. I'm, so, yeah, you said you've played a lot of these 3D platformers that are inspired by N64 and PlayStation games. Uh, does this one, like, live up to that legacy in any real way? Well, you, you know, it's definitely, I don't know if lesser's the word. It definitely isn't of that stature of like an absolutely not. Or yes, of course, but it's it feels almost as good. Like the platforming feels very strong, and that is like kind of the hardest thing to do. Uh, and there's it it, it it benefits it that it does. It's very smart about being simple. The levels are of a very certain scale, which again I like. I'm glad that they aren't these giant sprawling kind of banjo 2 -y style levels where they're just too big and it's, you know, it's, it's actually really hard to design that stuff, it turns out. No, you have like these bite-sized levels. There's two things that to collect in all of them. Go and collect them. It just works really well. It's very snappy. I don't know how long it is, but for three bucks, it's pretty hard to imagine going wrong if you are a fan of 3D platformers. Yeah, I played um, a short hike and that's one I probably paid six, seven, I have no idea. I paid, paid a few bucks for that one. And that's like 45 minutes. And it's a pretty good, uh, uh, like, chunk, a small little slice of a Mario 64-like, I guess, uh, with a few other things thrown in there. And I love a short hike. I'll play that all the time. And I love it. And it doesn't need to be longer than 45 minutes. The first time I played it, I'm like, oh, that, that really was it. Okay. Now I'm just like, oh, I can just play that whenever and finish it really quickly. Um, Super Kiwi 64 being $3 being significantly longer than the short hike. I've definitely already played it for longer than 45 minutes. Um, that's really impressive. I'm really happy with it. It's a good game. So, so it's already, it already had the Jeff Grubb recommendation. It's got the Mikey recommendation too. And it's like, it's such an easy one to recommend at $3. It's so and easy. I'm playing on Switch and it runs perfectly, perfect on Switch. So Great. Get it on your Switch. Get I might, I honestly might buy it again. Yeah. Great. Uh, but also, Jeff, uh, Dragonflight, that World yeah. expansion, it came out while I was away. Uh, and, you know, I, like, as I was away and not able to play it, I was just noticing how everybody seemed happy. Which That's weird. The World of community is so weird, Jeff. They're, this is the know, one where it's just like, go fight a bad guy, right? They, like, really yeah, toned down the, 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 almost, the, the bullshit. It's almost like when I'm talking about this, it's, you know, it's just like, hey, the dragons went back to their islands. Uh, you're going to go to... They have some problems. Go help them. But mostly it's like go to their beautiful land and do some high fantasy shit. It's going to be really pretty and you're going to fight things with magic. and You're going to have a good time. And it's just, yes, that's all I needed. Like, I don't need to go to hell and the five super hells below it. And like all that bullshit from the last. And like, in the meantime, we're going to introduce you to 20 different subsystems of bullshit you have to do. Like, there's the one new system here is a gameplay mechanic. It's this dragon riding thing where basically, instead of like the norm, the old flying, which was literally just, you know, like point and click and go, like fly anywhere. It's now like Mario 64 style. Like there's kind of like, you have to like angle yourself to get momentum. Yeah, you, you have like so much, you have a stamina thing so you can only flap up so often. And so they turned uh, traversal into a game. And now it's great. It's fun. It's And it's super like dynamic. It's super visceral like the sound effects and just like the the speed of it feels incredible and there's like little glyphs that you can collect as you're flying around for unlockables uh to help like customize your dragon it is all working really well i'm still just leveling through it so you know i'm not sure about end game stuff right now definitely the best leveling experience since at least legion uh and again I, I, the vibe there's the vibe again 
the best vibe I've gotten from an expansion in like a very long time. Maybe like vibe wise, my favorite expansion. Like hell yeah, just high fantasy dragon shit. That's what I like. That's what I want. Like the one zone right now, it's like um I'm kind of like in like the steps. It's actually very reminiscent of a zone from Final Fantasy fourteen uh, Shadowbringers, where I'm in a step and there's all these different kind of like tribes and groups and like I'm learning about their intrigues and they're kind of there's some like, infighting and I'm like traveling with them. I'm like yeah, this is good. That's great. And it, I, it, I don't need. It yeah. probably helps in a massively multiplayer online game that people are happy with it, right? Like it, that. Oh, yeah. It's funny how it is a thing, but the community vibe, even if you don't agree with it, it has a big impact on these things. I mean, we talked about that with Halo. Me and you yeah. liked Halo Infinite. Absolutely. It, after a while, so many other people didn't like it. That's just kind of a bummer. Yep. And you, it just, it's, it's hard to undo that. And uh, it requires a big effort to get to that point. And it. Seems like Dragonflight is exactly that, or at least a, the very, it was a very um, well targeted effort where like they put all of their effort, they put all their pieces in the right place here to win over a lot of people like you. So that's uh, that's impressive. I see. I've seen a lot of people playing. A lot of people who I know are big into WoW and might have been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I've seen them playing this, so it seems like people are happy. And I, and I'll be happy if for the rest of the time. Like if WoW is good again and it stays good. It's like, all right, every other year, here's the WoW expansion, here's the Final Fantasy XIV expansion, and I'll be kind of good in my MMO land doing that stuff. Yep, I'm uh, I'm happy for you, Mike. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, anything am, else? Is it weird, though, that I st- I also still feel kind of guilty? Like, this podcast is talking about how good Blizzard games are again already. It's like we, we, we wagged our finger at them for a bit, and now I'm like, but that's okay, because their stuff's fun. Uh, it's like, I yeah, I mean... Kind of bad. Yeah, it's... um. There's no, yeah, there's no excuse, but also there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. But is, does that give us the right to go do whatever we want? Uh, I, I know that I'm I'm still not great, feeling great about going to play that Harry Potter game, sort of no matter how good or bad it is, whatever. Um, and that's just, but that's just like a personal thing at this point. I think it's been tainted too much by J.K. Rowling. I, you know me, Mike, I'm not telling people to go, um, vote with their wallet that is not where i'm at with that stuff uh, if you want to go if you want to play a game and also criticize the people who made that game we're capable of doing both and honestly it might be more effective if you speak out as a fan so yeah um mike uh i had something oh the super chats i think we got a handful more do you want to read some of those oh yes we did uh let's see here now uh special nick said wait you'll even read mine talk about super chats and yes nick we will uh, Dr. Butthugger says, which you'd prefer, G-Foria or Spike TV Game Awards? Wait, what's G-Foria? <laughs> oh, you gotta watch G-Foria. Man, man, I wish we had time to watch to, re- to, re- to react to G-Foria before the thing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you, you should watch it, though. It's incredible. Uh, it's, it's like one of those early w- w- award shows. And if you watch the credits of it, there is um, listed as the uh, Game Master is a little 12-year-old Jeff Keighley. Little, oh little baby Jeff Keeley. Yeah. Wow. He's been in this game a long He's time. He's been doing yeah. it from the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Spike TV Game Awards was the one that gave him a Madden game game of the year that one time, right? Is that right? God, that's probably yeah. right. Yeah, I'm sure that is. Jesus. Austin, Austin A says, did Jim Ryan screw up by going after Call of Duty exclusivity when Game Pass ex- inclusion is the real business threat to Sony? I, I, um... I think we'll, we'll be able to do a better analysis of this once everything has come to pass and we see what regulators actually did care about. We'll be able to play Monday morning quarterback with this stuff. Right now, it does feel like this was the wrong strategy from Sony. But the, but that might just be because this is the best one they had and it still kind of stunk. Um, and they didn't have any other options. They spent a lot of money on lawyers. So I'm like hesitant to be like, yeah, I know better than them. 
Uh, but, you know, this is game stuff. Maybe we do know better than them. We've been proven a lot of times that we do know better than lawyers in many cases about uh, the, about this stuff. But I, I bet when we look at this, the very expensive legal team looked at all their options. and was like, we got it. I mean, listen, we might look a little bit foolish, but we got to take the risk that or we have to take the chance that regulators will uh, take us seriously, even if we know deep down we're not all that serious about the criticisms that we're making. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, Jedi Moss says, is the reason movie tie-ins are virtually gone now is that it's not possible to rush through a game in time? Games take so much longer to make than movies. Yeah. I think that's certainly part of it. It also is just... Expensive. Yeah, it's getting harder. You know, I, I feel like the real death now for this was like some of those early MCU games, like that Iron Man game by Sega. Sega. Captain America game by Sega. It's like, you know, it used to be, you at least make some money on these things, like, no matter what. And then it just became clear, like, not really... And, then and, other it, and if you made and if you spent the same amount of money on a mobile game, mm-hmm. you could make a lot of money. Well, yeah, first and these other avenues open like mobile, like just make the Lego game or now like just put your fucking character in Fortnite. That's what you actually want to do. Yeah. G- Gamefire uh, Cribder uh, says in chat, basically high risk, low reward. That's obviously been the case for licensed games, period, kind of across the board, although. Publishers keep going back to licensed games. We see um, a- after Square Enix, EA is going to Marvel licensed games. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, then the Uncharted Wolf says, any tips for reading more books been wanting to? My tip is to not read them and to listen to audiobooks in bed every night. Because, uh, you know, it's it's bad to, like, watch stuff or play games in bed too much because it just it stimulates you too much. Listening to an audiobook doesn't hurt you. You can there's like a lot of good settings too, so that you can stop it every ten minutes, so you can make sure that if you fall asleep during it, you're not going to skip too far ahead. And if it does go off, you can just push a button and keep it playing. So I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks now, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, I've had to switch to audiobooks almost exclusively. I um, I, I don't know what it is. It's 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 definitely just being very busy. But I also think I'm a little bit more scatterbrained these days. A big part of it's probably just not getting enough sleep after years with kids. Um. When I try to sit down with a book, I either fall asleep or I just feel like I can't concentrate. So uh, it, my go-to answer to all questions like this is give yourself permission to consume these books any way that makes sense for you. Me and Mike both listen to a lot of audiobooks. I've, um, I I would get Libby. I mean, I don't know wh- where you're at, Uncharted Wolf, but here we have Libby, which is a uh, public libraries are able to get audiobooks, put them up on the internet through an app, and you can borrow those audiobooks. You know, one person at a time could borrow them. You'll have to wait in line sometime, wait in a queue. Uh, but you can borrow an audiobook and just listen to it for free. Uh, I also have Audible and things like that, but it's like, you know, that's one credit per month. Uh, and I, I, I think I, I'm at a point where I'm like listening to about one audiobook every two weeks-ish, depending on how long it is. And that's way more than I was able to read before I gave myself permission to say, I'm not going to try to read them. I love reading. I wish I could read. But no, I'm going to just be listening to these books. And I, in the end, I get the same value out of one or the other. Or even if I do get less value out of listening to audiobook, which I don't believe... It still is better than not reading at all. It uh, the other thing one I had to learn a long time ago was to just to actually keep trying things I like more because I used to not really read as much, and it's because I kept trying to read fantasy and sci-fi because I was like, well, I'm a nerd, I need to read the name of the wind, all this other shit people are talking about. Then I would read name of the wind, I'd be like, this fucking sucked. <laughs> I didn't like this. Yeah, and I was like, it turns out that stuff's just not for me. Uh, yeah, f- really, if you're things. interested about a subject, go look up the best books on it and read that. You'll have much, much better luck. Uh, when I started just like listening to 
random economics books. I was like, this is fantastic. I'm just like learning so much. I, I love that. I listen to a lot of nonfiction books, although I've started getting back into fiction a little bit. Mostly it's just like Star Wars books, which is. My, I think my last three or four books have been like about proto or like other humanoid species like Neanderthals and shit. For some reason, that's yeah. the train I'm on right now. I love that shit too. Those are, those are good. Uh, give me some wrecks when we're done here, Mike. Um, mm. Any other super chats? Uh, I think that's it. I think we are caught up, and uh, that might be that. Be, might be that. Man, Jeff, do you believe the Game Awards are tomorrow? What's winning Game of the Year, Jeff? Uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring's yeah. winning Game of the Year. I think. That, I mean, I, I I won't be surprised if God of War wins. Of course, it could I'd win. A little surprise. I guess I'd be a little surprised, but uh, wouldn't be sh- a big shock. It just. Uh, Elden Ring is the one that deserves it the most. It really does. It's yeah. very, very, very good game. Uh, what do you? What do you else do you think? And any other uh, surprises for tomorrow, whether it's winners or announcements? No, I, again, I just can't think. It's just too many possibilities, uh, and I'm, I don't know why. Like I default to mm, maybe it's not gonna be that great. Like Summer Game Fest, the presentation wasn't very good. Uh, the show was actually fun, but. I don't know. I wonder if we're suddenly at a point where compared to six months ago, there wasn't that much to talk about. Is there suddenly a lot to talk about right now that people specifically want to talk about at the Game Awards in terms of new things? Again, release dates. I think some companies are still going to be in that uh, dormant state, but you never know when one's going to pop up and just be like, hey, well, yeah, we can announce the three things at the Game Awards. Um Or even like a couple big, like one big one from Sony and one big one from Nintendo can make the whole night, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of surprises really out of nowhere, you know. Uh, if um, if Capcom is like bringing back a Dino, Dino Crisis, like that would get a lot of buzz. Uh, those things go a long way, and it doesn't matter what the, the final game ends up being. It's just like, oh, th- that big thing got announced, and I cared in that moment because it was a surprise. So we'll see. I'm I mostly I just hope he does a good job of keeping things moving, and we don't get bogged too down da- or too bogged down in um you know, sponsored content for weird Chinese games. And if it's a weird Chinese game, I hope it's one of the really weird ones where it's like, it's a Pokemon game, but the Pokemons have guns and, and hot babes. The shadow, the hedgehog of Pokemon games. Exactly. So, and like, there's a cow conveyor belt that turns them instantly into soup. There's really a game like that. And I was at, it was at a Jeff Keighley thing before. So what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. There's just really a game. That's exactly that. Um, Yeah. Mike, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We we do have the game awards tomorrow. Uh, I'll be reacting to that live over on Giant Bomb. You're going to be covering it for work. I'm betting uh, you're going to be writing some well, stories. Yeah, well, yeah, Dean and Jordan are attending live, so Rachel and I will be on the the home front here covering it. Yep. My, yeah. my brothers love to come here and watch it, and a, a couple of my friends <laughs> every time I'm like, guys, I can't watch it with you. Like, that's ah, all right. So they have fun. They basically party in my house away from their families while I'm in here. <laughs> that's yeah. I remember like when uh, it was Final Fantasy 14 one. Yeah. They like broke in. Yeah, that was great. All right, Mike, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? On Twitter and Twitch at Tolkodo. Hey, oh, there it is. We just got that 100. uh, Thanks, everybody. Uh, I really appreciate that. But yeah, I think that's that's it. Uh, We'll be back. I don't know. I guess Tuesday, maybe Monday, I'll be on Game Mess Decides. It's been a bit. Hey, Mike, come on. Game Mess Decides on Monday. Okay, yes, I will do that. Appreciate that. Um, I'm Jeff Grubb on Twitch. Jeff Grubb on Twitter. I'm Grubb on Hive. Um, I don't know. Love you all. Back yet? I don't know. It's, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Bye, everybody. See ya.
the cream of the crop. All right, so that's for the audio listeners, everybody. Mike, do you need to use the little boys' room? I could just jump break. Right into it. Okay, that's not a real break, Christian. Get the hell. Up. Nice. All right, this fucking guy. Um, keep in yours, Nick. Keep in yes, yours. even yours. <laughs> uh, thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Uh, okay, where are we going now? Um, all right, so I guess what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll decide the Mount Rushmore of movie tying games. And, uh, okay, cool. Actually, let me get it up here. There we go. Okay, everybody, we're going to bring it back here in just one second. There we go. All right. 